Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Roundup. We are on episode six, and I am one of your hosts, Chase, and this is this way. Hey, this is Andrew. <laughs> I finally got it first try. Um, so we got a lot to cover this week, so let's just jump right into the headlines. Trades galore this week as we see four big names on the move. A top draft pick is being rocked by elbow issues. And a former World Series MVP is going to miss the rest of the season. That and much more on this week's Weekly Roundup. All right, Andrew, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Pretty solid. It's a really exciting week. It, It really has been. We've seen a lot of trades go through before the trade deadline. Yeah, uh... I mean, honestly, we were gearing up for that final like three hour push to see all these trades fall through. And it, it's just been like one night, you know, every night there's been like a major trade. Yeah, yeah, there has been. And uh, I'll, I'll just jump into all the trades that had that happened this week. Uh, we'll start off with Nelson Cruz. He was traded from the Twins to the Rays. Uh, in return, the Twins got Joe Ryan. He's a minor league player. And Drew Stott- Strotman? Strotman? Yeah. <laughs> Strotman? I want to say Marcus Stroman every time I see that name. I know. I, I <laughs> wanted to say Stroman, too. That's why I went Stro, and I'm like, oh, that's Strott. Yeah, but what do you think about that trade for the Rays? I, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, talk about getting a massive power influx into the middle of your lineup. Mm-hmm. I was honestly surprised the Rays would even add salary. Uh, I mean, I know Nelson Cruz isn't the most expensive player, but to even take on 5 or $6 million for such a small budget team was a kind of a change of pace. Yeah, and Nelson Cruz, like, he is the ageless one. He is, like, the <laughs> almighty old guy in MLB right now. I know. 41, and he's still putting up these numbers? Exactly. Yeah. And, and he, the Rays really needed a bat like that. I didn't really see anybody in their lineup that was going to give them big power. No, definitely not. He instantly becomes their best hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. And um, also in a Rays trade, we had Rich Hill going from the Rays to the Mets. And in return, the Mets, no, the Rays got Matt Dyer from the Miners and Tommy Hunter. Yeah, that was kind of a head scratcher. Um, if the Rays are getting rid of a pitcher midseason while they're in a pennant race, then you have to wonder what they know about Rich Hill that other teams don't. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I mean, Rich Hill is another one of those ageless wonder guys. He's, you know, 40 plus and you have to wonder with the uh, sticky stuff shut down and his declining numbers after that, if maybe the Rays didn't value him as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see what kind of performance he's going to have for the Mets. Yeah. And Rich Hill was having a really good season in the first half. Uh, but like you said, after the crackdown, he's uh, cooled off a little bit, but I still think he's had a really good uh, resurgent season. Uh, who did he play for last year? I forget. Yeah. So. Uh, the year before last, he was playing for Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, and he, I think he got in like eight starts, but was uh, shut down for about half the season. Okay. That seems to be a recurring theme in his career. Yeah. Is, uh, he's there for about half the year and then injured for the other half. <laughs> so. Let's hope that doesn't happen this year. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, the next trade that we have was kind of surprising when I first heard it. Um, Adam Frazier going from the Pirates to the Padres, and in return, the Pirates got Mitchell uh, Milano from the Miners, Jack Suwinski. Uh, <laughs> forgive me if I butcher any of these names. I'll probably do it quite a bit. Um, and then they also got Tucapita Mar- Marcano. Yep, there you go. Sure. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Okay. But um, yeah, Adam Frazier going to the Padres. I was not expecting them to trade him. Yeah, you wouldn't think that, especially when they already had an all-star at second base in uh, exactly. Jake Cronenworth. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, honestly, uh, looking at the Padres, they're going to probably be trying to get less playing time for Eric Cosmer. He's been an absolute disappointment for them. Jake Cronenworth, <laughs> uh, Jake has a lot of time at first base. He's a great defender there. So what it looks like is that Frazier's going to slot into second base, play some outfield, and then we'll see a lot more um, Jake at first base, you know, a lot more of the Crone zone. <laughs> yes, you will. Um, yeah, when I when I first heard that trade, I was I was just a little baffled that the Pirates would trade their best player on their team. But, you know, it is the Pirates after all. I know. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad return. Um, I know the Pirates are really high on the Padres prospects. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like, you know, interesting baseball names, they got an A-plus return there. Yep. I mean, Jack Suzinski, that guy just screams <laughs> like 35 home runs, doesn't he? <laughs> it does sound like that. It's a name you might hear in a few years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who else do you have from the Pirates that could potentially get traded this week? So I think they're uh, closer Rodriguez. He's mm-hmm. probably their prime uh, guy to be traded. And then another guy that hasn't been talked about a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised is Brian Reynolds. Really? He's having, yeah, he's having a great year. The Pirates are still two, three years away from contention. At that point, he'll become become expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, if you're in sell mode and tank mode, you just got to go and get rid of all the people at their peak value. It needs that peak value. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you think the Pirates are a few starters away? Do you think their offense it needs more, or are they just a whole lost cause altogether? I think they got 26 guys on the roster, and they need to find about 22 new guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a pretty weak roster. <laughs> That's well put. Uh, another head-scratcher of a trade that happened just yesterday. Uh, was it yesterday? Kendall Graveman was traded two days ago? Oh, man. Yeah, two days, two days ago, right? Because... Uh... Yeah, I was traded for. Yeah. yeah. So Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero from Seattle to the Astros for Abraham Toro and a reliever Joe Smith. He's an old guy. So, yeah, that, that was really interesting. The best part about that trade, though, is that Toro has homer two days in a row against the Astros. His old oh, team. really? He's homer because tonight? They, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Back to back games <laughs> against his former team. Former team. Yeah. So that's actually four straight days of home run for him. Two really? against his old team, and then two against his old team. So I've never Jerry seen Jerry DePoto saw him hit two home runs against <laughs> the Mariners, and he went, ooh. Mm. <laughs> exactly. He, he raised his nice. eyebrows, he went. <laughs> He's looking at the, the executives at the Houston uh, suite. He's like, we need that guy right now. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but me and Todd were on a call uh, when that trade went through, and we were both like, why would – why would Seattle be okay with this trade? No, exactly. In reports from the, the clubhouse are that the team feels really betrayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually had their uh, GM come out and give a public statement saying that they just need to trust that he has more trades lined up and that everything will make sense at the end. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll find out by Friday at 1. Yeah, like you said, the clubhouse wasn't very happy. I'll put up a screenshot from the athletic article, I think it was, um, where it said the players were in yeah. <laughs> they yeah, were yeah. not they were not happy let's just put that put it that way uh, but yeah i'll have that screenshot up there for that uh next up we have andrew chafin from the cubs to oakland uh the return for the cubs is greg diekman uh he's a minor league pitcher i believe or player uh and daniel palencia also a minor league player yeah this is your standard oakland a's getting their uh, lefty in the bullpen during a pennant race uh trade yeah i think they do one of these every year so you know, just standard on script on time. Yeah, pretty much. They they just got better this week, really. 
Yep, that's it. <laughs> I, I did they really give up a whole lot with those prospects? No, they're uh, they're pretty low on the 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 uh, prospect ranking chart. Mm -hmm. um, they're probably guys that won't make it even to the majors, but yeah. you know how it is when you're getting players back for rentals. You're trying yeah. to build depth in the system. Yeah, and Chafin's no Mariano Rivera, but like he gets the job done. Exactly, he gets the job done. Has a role, does it really well. Mm -hmm. And now we move on to the biggest trade so far. We have Joey Gallo moving from the Texas Rangers to the Yankees. In exchange, the Rangers get Glenn Otto, a right-handed pitcher, a second baseman Esquiel Duran, shortstop Josh Smith, and second baseman slash outfielder Trevor Hauver. Hauver? Yeah. <laughs> Hauver. <laughs> I'm going to say it that way. Yeah, th this is a, a really interesting uh, trade. So... At first, if you're if you're looking at this, you can't look at the preseason prospect list because these guys were ranked way lower. Mm -hmm. This trade happened just before we started recording, so we're still getting information on this. But the initial post I was seeing from Fangraphs is that this actually greatly improves Texas's farm system. It will bring them from being ranked number 19 to number 15 on their live board, and it'll actually bring the Yankees down about five spots. So they got a big haul for Joey Gallo. Um, you know, we'll have to take some time and actually look over these prospects and see what they got. So far, the reports is that Texas got a major haul. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but to me, the Yankees have always seemed like a team that doesn't really like building up their own players. <laughs> they like just going, oh, hey, this guy's available. Let's spend however exactly. million on this guy and hopefully win with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they've definitely been a team that's made every other team in baseball their farm system at one point. And their farm system has been the farm system for a lot of other teams, too. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> they just restock their farm systems. Those people, those players eventually, you know, come to fruition, produce, mm -hmm. and then the Yankees take them back. I'm honestly shocked how the Yankees' farm system isn't in shambles. I mean, th that's what's been so weird about this. Cause I was reading about the Joey Gallo potential trade all day, and a lot of the reports were that people are not liking the Yankees' uh, farm system right now. Mm -hmm. That they're not value. They don't value their players as high as the Yankees value them themselves. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you would think with how much effort the Yankees have been putting into their farm system recently that it would be a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Michael Givens moving from the Rockies to Cincinnati. Uh, the return for Givens is Cease Williams and Noah Davis. So the uh, the Reds get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The Reds get uh, the Orioles' former closer. Um, he didn't do as well with the Rockies, but he's still a decent pitcher. Yeah, exactly. And you never know how guys are going to perform when they leave Coors Field. And I, what I thought was most interesting about that is that the Rockies had actually traded uh, Williams to Cincinnati just this last offseason. Oh, really? And so, so now they just got it back. So, <laughs> yeah, I was on the uh, Rockies subreddit, and they were using this as a meme for how bad the front office is. <laughs> they're just like yeah we're gonna send you this guy but uh maybe we want him back now i yeah. don't know yeah they're basically in the same situation as they were before but now one less uh closer so mm -hmm. uh next up we have a developing trade it's it hasn't gone through yet and we've only heard a little bit of speculation but the diamondbacks are close to dealing eduardo escobar to the brewers yeah this is a great trade for the brewers uh escobar's an undervalued player He's a guy that's going to quietly put up 20 to 30 home runs every year. He's going to mm -hmm. play solid defense. He just He's not going to be the main guy, but for a team like the Brewers who are just tearing up the Central right now, this is the type 
of depth that will uh, help you get to the top of the playoffs. And for a switch hitting bat, too. Exactly. Uh, a lot to like about that trade. Yeah. And how about the Brewers this year? I mean, they've been they've had great pitching this whole year and I think that's really carried them because you haven't had outstanding seasons from guys like Yelich on the team um he's had a eh season right yeah yeah exactly it's like his power has completely fallen off so mm-hmm. he's still got that 400 on base percentage but his slugging is uh hovering I think just below 400 at like 390 but yeah, oh, yeah. you would, you would think with the Brewers producing like this that we would be looking at a 50 home run year from Yelich but we're not <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah and I've been as shocked as most people to see the Brewers do this good, but that pitching core is just next level. Probably the best oh, in the league. It's got to be. That one-two punch is going to be tough to beat in the playoffs. One-two-three with those starters. Oh, yeah. you, got, you got Burns, you got Woodruff, and Peralta. Exactly. And then they close it down with Hayter and Williams. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, they basically got two closers. I know. Just two guys that can strike out the side every time. Yeah. And the last trade that we have from this week that we know of, there might be another one that comes in after the show. I might, I might put <laughs> it in post if uh, if I see it come up. But we have Yimmy Garcia from the Marlins heading to the Astros. Uh, in return for Yimmy Garcia, the Marlins got Brian De La Cruz and right-hander Austin Pruitt. Pruitt? Pruitt? <laughs> <laughs> you know, close enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, so I was looking at um, De La Cruz's stats. He looks like a pretty solid return uh, for the Marlins. He's just tearing it up in AAA. He's got he's batting 324 with a, a 900 OPS, 17 doubles, 12 home runs. I know it's AAA, which is a hitter's league, but the Marlins seem to have a good eye for finding talent and then just sticking them right on the big league roster. Yeah, yeah, they do. And they have a really good time with developing pitchers, which is uh, actually we do have one more trade that we didn't write down, um, but I'll cover that in a second. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think another trade that you're talking about. And then Pruitt, that's going to be another pitcher that the Marlins develop. So I would not be surprised if he just comes out on top and is just tearing up the league next year. Mm hmm. Yeah, so to that trade that we were just talking about, we didn't write it down for some reason, even though we both talked about it before the show. <laughs> um, so the Marlins give up Starling Marte to the Oakland A's for Jesus Lazardo. Yeah, actually, that's probably why we did put it down, is that we talked about that one like a, a lot more <laughs> off later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, wow, what a get for Marte, a rental. Yeah. Like that you're getting a guy that was you know, a consensus top 10 prospect for years, he mm-hmm. still has a 96 mile an hour fastball mm-hmm. just on every, like on every pitch, this guy could bring it. Yeah. His performance isn't great this year, but if the Marlins could develop him, he could be an ace top of the rotation guy. Yeah. And like I said, we've seen what the Marlins can do with their pitchers. They've developed them pretty much as good as anybody else in the league. All right. A hundred percent. If you're one of the 36 Marlins fans out there, you're going to be really excited <laughs> about getting him and Sixto Sanchez at the top of the rotation. Yeah. Really good stuff uh, for the Marlins. You got good stuff to look forward to. Yeah. All right. So on to non-trade news. I know it's shocking, right? So last <laughs> week we covered your mean Mercedes retirement. Uh, but the day after we posted the weekly roundup for last week, he unretired. Yeah, he did. It's been a really interesting news week. Uh, so he retires. Then I think the entire public just immediately looked to, uh, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the manager's name for the White Sox. La Russa. LaRusa, everyone looks at LaRusa just immediately is pointing a finger saying you did this. <laughs> and then there was that like back there was like the backlash against the backlash where people started giving up reports about Mercedes about how much of a clubhouse cancer he was, about how mm-hmm. much of an ego he has. 
and it, I think it culminated with uh, Ozzy Guillen coming out and calling him Hamburger Boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, it, it was <laughs> it was weird to see because he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from baseball," and literally like the next, next day, day yeah, the next it's day. like he didn't even sit on it. He just went to sleep and he woke up. And he's like, "Ah, I made a mistake." I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've done that like Little League. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> quitting. I've never played again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, geez, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> we'll just move on to the next thing. Sure. <laughs> we'll come back to it if I remember it. But uh, the Indians changed their name to the Guardians. I don't know if you've seen the promotional info, but I think everybody who follows Major League Baseball has seen all that stuff. And uh, personally to me, the new logo looks like a ripoff of the Angels' old logo. Like it does. The, when they were with uh, when they were owned by Disney. Yeah, that does. Uh, yeah, that was what my dad was trying to put his finger on. He's like, that looks like a familiar logo. It looks like a, a, a light, <laughs> light blue hat right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You got to throw up a, an image of that after this. <laughs> I will. I will. And a lot of people are like, they're posting memes like, hey, can I copy your homework? <laughs> no, yeah. you can, but don't don't say it word for word. And that's that's the result that we got. Yeah, they just had some intern in there. They're like, 1130 at night you got to come up with a new team name by tomorrow and logos mm-hmm. which is a powerpoint making edits yeah in the opinion on the guardian's name it's been pretty uh widespread very, very differing across the uh, board what do you think of the name i think it makes me think of the xfl or like arena <laughs> football yeah yeah or like you know it doesn't seem like a professional team's name mm-hmm. but maybe that's just because it doesn't like we're not used to looking at it yet mm-hmm and I just can't get over that they had Tom Hanks doing the promotional video. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, you know, to get Tom <laughs> Hanks in there. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know I know, we just talked about the logos, but what do you think of the design? Uh, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I, it looks like they're trying to kind of like do like an homage to their old logo for the Indians logo. At least yeah, it looks very similar. Yeah, it does. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, the Cleveland Guardians... I don't know. It sounds like a hockey team or something. It doesn't roll off the tongue quite well. No, it doesn't. But we'll see. We'll see if and, they stick. And with they're going to debut that next year, right? Yeah, next season. All right. Well, we'll see how it looks uh, coming next year. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Steven Strasburg. He will miss the rest of the season uh, by undergoing surgery. Uh, bear with me here. This is this is going to be a butcher na- butcher job, but uh, he's going to undergo neurogenic thoracic outlet surgery. Wow, I did that pretty good <laughs> to repair the nerve issue that has hurt his neck this summer. And the Nationals say they hope he'll be ready by spring training next year. Yeah, that was a mouthful <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm glad you got to read that one off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Just talk about disappointing for Strasburg. I know that guy is a big-time competitor, and when he's out there healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. He just signed that big contract after they won the World Series, and he's been mm-hmm. basically injured ever since. So, I mean, that's a really sad story for him. I wish him the best coming back. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, it's unfortunate, a pitcher of Strasburg's caliber, how often he's injured and how he's almost made of glass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think he's had two Tommy John surgeries. Has it been two? I think, yeah, I think he's a double recipient. Wow. And then, yeah, now he's getting the neck surgery. And I think the only person I've ever heard of getting that before, and I know there's been other baseball players, but I know, I think Peyton Manning got that surgery. Oh, really? Quarterback, yeah. So I wonder if Strasburg's been playing too much like Thanksgiving football or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another national that had like another neck issue was like Max Scherzer during the World yeah, Series, yeah. right? He had something like that. 
Yeah, what are, what are they doing out in the bullpen when they're not playing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're they're bumping heads against each other, playing some football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I don't what know. the Nationals pitching staff is doing, man. Yeah, why are you getting so many neck injuries here? <laughs> uh, speaking of another injured pitcher, we have Kumar Rocker. He's had some elbow issues, and it's put his uh, deal or his his uh, draft status in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean. Every time I hear about a prospect that has an injury right after they get drafted, it kind of just breaks my heart a little bit. This guy was, you know, a national sensation at Vanderbilt as they were just a powerhouse team this year. And he gets picked in the top 10 his entire life in front of him. And he finds out he has an injury that's uh, delaying his signing. I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy. Um, I can't imagine this doesn't hurt his signing bonus. It'll probably be cut in half if he signs at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a real big question. Is he going to sign at all? Yeah. I mean, what would be his other options? Um, does he have another year of eligibility left at Vanderbilt? I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, if he doesn't sign, could he go free agency route? Yeah, I guess he could. I just feel like that there's probably some stipulations if you don't sign in a draft that you have to do. Yeah. What would the Mets get? A good compensation pick? Yeah. Yeah. They, they would, uh, they would pick right after, I think he was picked ninth, right? Yes. So, so no, I think the 10th because the angels were ninth. Yeah. So it'd be a protected pick. So I think they would go right after the 10th pick, right? So sure. like pick 11. <laughs> okay. So you just have another pick in the first round of the draft next year. Yeah. So they, they don't, they're not like in a hurry to sign this guy. If he's injured, they could just mm-hmm. wait till next year and get another pick. Yeah. But it's a big blow to the Mets who thought they got a very good steal in Kumar rocker when he fell that far. And obviously the other teams saw it. Like they passed on him like everybody else, or yeah, yeah, he, pass, but I, I, this is a guy that looked like he could have gone number six, number seven, yeah, and he falls all the way down to 10. So, yeah, and, and personally, I was shocked that the Angels didn't pick him because they were needing pitching so bad. But now that this has come up, it gives me a lot more uh hope in Perry Manazian and his decisions, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did his homework, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to wonder with the Mets drafting him and then running into this. It's either they knew about it and they thought they could lowball him and then use that signing to sign some people later on. Or you also have to wonder with how much cleaning house they've done with their front office, if maybe they just didn't have the personnel to fully vet everyone. Yeah, maybe not. All right. Moving on to some better news. We have Eloy Jimenez. He returns from the IL. I don't know if it was it was yesterday, right? He returned yesterday. Yeah. And uh, in his return, he hit a home run, right? Yeah, yeah. That guy is fun to watch. Just a big-time mm-hmm. power hitter, then looks completely lost out in left field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, and that's yeah. how he got hurt, right? Yeah, exactly. He yeah. tried to rob a ball at the wall during spring training. Yeah, and then hurt himself. He, like, separated his shoulder or something, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not funny. It's just more funny when he has, like, the ball bounce off his head into the stands. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not the best in the outfield, but he gets the job done. Yeah, he's going to put up 40, 50 home runs every year, so... Yeah. Who's the White Sox DH? Uh, I think it's uh, Edwin Encarnacion. He's still playing for them? Yeah, he's not doing very well. I, I haven't heard anything of Encarnacion. Yeah, year. I think he's been mostly bench lately. And then okay. just, uh, in left field, it had been Vaughn. He had uh, come up and done really well. Mm-hmm. So with uh, they might put uh, Eloy you know, in DH. And keep yeah, Vaughn that's what I was field. thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right on that. Yeah, because he's a defensive liability for the oh, most part. Major, yeah. <laughs> 
uh, on to our last story of the day. We have Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. He is the fastest in Major League history to 50 home runs and 50 stolen bases. Man, that's that's just insane, honestly. <laughs> it's hard to really put that in perspective. Baseball's been around for so long. We're talking about a sport that's 150 years old now. Mm-hmm. And he's doing things that basically only the only other players done is Barry Bonds at this age. Yeah. I, I think the uh, there was a stat that was posted yesterday where Tatis has something like 77 home runs and 50 stolen bases in his first 220 games. Mm-hmm. And the only other person that's done that was Barry Bonds. Yeah, it's it's crazy, really. Yeah. And um, Tatis, he's been just... We haven't really seen him for three full years, have we? We've we've had him for three separate years, but he played like half a season in 2019, a 30-game season in 2020, and then he this is his hopefully first full season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year with the shortened season, he did play all the games last year, but it was only 60, so we didn't really get to see anything. Yeah. And then, yeah, this year, you know, he was on uh, the COVID uh, injured list, and he started off the year with that scary shoulder injury, which mm-hmm. is – still in the back of every Padres fan's mind. That's just like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> yeah. Which this might be why they got Frazier as another insurance. Yeah, yeah. It would be good to have him, especially with uh, Kim, right? That's his name? Yeah, Kim. Uh, Kim is amazing defensively. He's actually, mm-hmm. even though he's only got like a 650 OPS, he's one of the top defensive players in uh, defensive runs or defensive outs above average. Mm-hmm. So he's actually uh, one and a half wins above replacement this year even with the offensive liability. That's that's good news for the Padres, though. They, the Padres are stacked. Yeah, they're really stacked. Uh, unfortunately, they have two stacked teams in front of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the NOS is going to be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. Now, I, I read something uh, yesterday. The Padres are the only team to never fall below 500 this season. Is that right? That makes sense. I don't think they've fallen below 500. I think they went – at one point, they were 11-11, and 11, and then – that was it. Wow. I, yeah. That's that's a crazy stat because, like, that means they had to win their very first game of the season and just never turn back. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a good stat to hear for your Padre fan. Yeah. Uh, so that'll, that'll do it. I do want to say I got to plug the trade deadline show. So we're going to be on to on Friday, not tomorrow. Today's not Thursday. <laughs> We're recording this on Wednesday. Video goes out on Thursday. But it will be tomorrow if you're watching this video on Thursday. So you get my point. Uh, so Trade Deadline Show, we will be on at 11 o'clock. That's when we'll start. And we will go until 1. And we will be covering all the trades and everything. Uh, we'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a party. We're going to have hats, uh, maybe some balloons. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a pinata, too. Yeah, right? We're going we're gonna to show Hey Otani uh, Pinata <laughs> we're gonna, and show the launch angel. Walk, uh, launch angles. So. <laughs> launch angle some candy out of that thing. <laughs> yeah, right? right? <laughs> yeah, but be sure to tune in for that. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Andrew, you got anything else? No, yeah. I'm just excited for that live show on Friday. A lot of trades to go. Yeah, so tune in on YouTube, which you're watching this on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh twitch yeah whatever whatever floats your boat really we'll be on everything we'll be there yeah all right we'll see you guys later you guys have a great rest of your week uh we're gonna head out and we'll see you at the trade deadline show bye guys